0: UCLA football could be poised for a big 2022 season in the wins category. Their schedule is a reason why we're going through each and every game and predicting their win total in the upcoming year. Let's go. Locked on Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome everybody to another episode of Lockdown Pac-12. I'm your host Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play-by-play broadcaster. Thanks for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. If you're watching on YouTube, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, you're no more on source to stay up to date with the Conference of Champions. Like, comment, subscribe, wherever you're listening to or watching the show. I appreciate all of you out there who have done so already. This is episode number two that I'm recording well in advance because I will be on vacation by the time this drops without consistent, reliable, or fast access to uh, a good internet connection point. So we're doing these uh, season schedule previews ahead of time. So once again, I won't be quite as active in the YouTube comments as normal. If you want to ask me a question about a recent piece of news or anything that's happening, DM me at smalls underscore 55 or at LO underscore 12 DM's wide open. Hop in there, shoot me a message, and I'll just answer it to you. I'll uh, be a little bit more responsive there than on YouTube. But we're doing UCLA today, and they're fascinating. UCLA is fascinating because... They're coming off of a good season in which they went eight and four. And I think people have some pretty solid expectations for them, but their schedule is one that is remarkably favorable in a number in a number of ways. So we're going to go through all their games, predict uh, the outcome of each one, and then at the end, we will have a a total for this year. But I think record-wise, this could be the best year yet under Chip Kelly. And and the betting markets think it will be at least comparable to last year when they had eight wins, which was the first time they'd been over 500 since uh, Chip Kelly got the job. Their over-under in 2022 is 8.5. Last year, it was 7. They, of course, went over that with uh, an eight-win season. Unfortunately, their bowl game was canceled. But let's start September 3rd. They open at home against Bowling Green. And actually, before I go through... Each game. Just so you're aware, when I'm talking about the schedule here, and you can have an idea when I'm going through, if you think like, oh boy, seems like they're playing a lot of games at home. Their first three games are at home, and they have just one, two, three, four regular season road games this year. Only four. Now, they don't have the most premier home advantage, home field advantage in college football. They haven't been known for selling out their stadium or having a rabid fan base, but it's still an advantage to not have to travel and to play at home. So of the 12 regular season games on the docket for them this year, they're going to play eight of them in the comfy confines of the Rose Bowl. And that is a pretty noteworthy advantage. And part of the reason they're doing that is they're starting with three, uh, essentially what you would call bye games. September 3rd, they play Bowling Green. What if I told you, sound like the ESPN 30 for third guy, what if I told you that that game against Bowling Green was the toughest non-conference opponent that UCLA is going to face this year. That is true. That game against Bowling Green better be a win. The following week, back at home again, they play Alabama State. That better be a win. Then they play South Alabama. That better be a win. If there's any outcome other than 3-0 in that stretch for UCLA The seat upon which Chip Kelly sits will start to increase in temperature rapidly. I don't know why this is their non conference schedule this year. It's kind of strange. I mean, typically you'd have two cupcakes at the most and then one at least solid team to play. I mean, last year they played LSU, who was ranked 16th at the time. And now they're coming in with Bowling Green, South Alabama or Alabama State and then South Alabama. All three games at home, you got to win them all. And frankly, the best thing UCLA can do here is not just go 3 and 0, but go 3 and 0 looking like the team they were capable of being a season ago. They could have won 9 or 10 games last year. They they very easily could have. But instead they lost to Fresno State at home. Fresno State is better than any of those programs there. I don't think Bowling Green is comparable. Um, I'll be honest. I didn't do a full deep dive on them here because, uh, they're a little bit of a footnote on the schedule here for UCLA. But those three games you need to win. If you're Chip Kelly and the Bruins, you need to win convincingly. You've got a fifth year starting quarterback, a preseason, all American caliber running back. I think I saw that correctly. Could be wrong, but I mean, I mean like Charbonnet is a stud. You're going to have a good offensive line. They've hit the transfer portal hard, ninth-ranked uh, portal class in the country, or somewhere in the top ten, floats around, I think, depending on where you look. You should be way better than all these teams, and there should not be a sniff of an upset in any of these games. If there is, that'll be a little bit of a red flag, because is way better than all of those programs. So I think they will win them all. Whether or not it'll be three blowouts the way we'd expect, I don't know. I would have expected them to get a stop against Fresno State, who had to go the length of the field in like 30 seconds last year, and they weren't able to do that at home. So you never know. But let's assume that's a 3-0 start. That's what I'm predicting here. Anything other than that, gosh, if, God forbid, for UCLA fans, if that's 2-1, oh boy, that's a problem. That's a major, major problem. But then, it doesn't exactly become... That much more difficult as you get into conference play. The reason I think UCLA, I'll give you a, a little bit of a jump to the end, but then I'll uh, lay it out during the rest of the show. I think UCLA is going to win 10 games this year. That's my prediction for him. It's a little bold, but I don't think it's that bold because I'm telling you this schedule is really, really favorable. Not just the non-conference slate where you have three teams who are, are not at the Power Five level and you should be able to beat handily at home. Their first road game is their first conference game as well, September 24th at Colorado. I've got low expectations for the Buffs, who were 4-8 last year and got hit pretty hard by the transfer portal this offseason. This being a road game, Colorado actually has some pretty decent attendance numbers, so it's not like you'll be playing in front of nobody there, even if the Buffs have lost a couple games, but it won't be so late in the season if Colorado is what I expect them to be this year that, you know, fans are are giving up all hope and are not showing up to the game. So you'll have some road noise to deal with. But again, UCLA is the better roster, better quarterback, better running. But I mean, everywhere you look, UCLA is probably going to be uh, better in just about every facet there. So I expect them to win that game and, and start the year 4-0. and But as far as your first four games go, that's an opportunity for UCLA to really get rolling. I mean, really. And... There can be a disadvantage to not playing a big-time non-conference opponent or at least a respectable non-conference opponent because then once you start playing Pac-12 schools, it's a notable step up. But playing those three teams and then playing Colorado on the road, what it can do for you that a different scheduling approach cannot do is give you momentum and confidence. And it can also give you a better chance of staying healthy because in those first three games, with Bowling Green, Alabama State, and South Alabama, you could have, you should have at least two of those games, if not all three, where Dorian Thompson-Robinson and Zach Charbonnet are not playing a lot or at all in the fourth quarter. That That is a very realistic expectation for Bruins fans to have that come to fruition there. So that can be an advantage, but then it's going to start to take a step up. But again, they they ease into it at least a little bit. Uh, But then they start to get into the meat of their conference schedule, which which gets a little more interesting. I'll tell you about that after I tell you about LinkedIn. As the sun comes out and small business is back in business, you have got to check out LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team, and they help you find the people you want to interview faster. They do that because, did you know that every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Okay, continuing along with the conference slate for uh, UCLA. So they go on the road to Colorado, but they don't have to play two in a row uh, away from home. They come back for two more at the Rose Bowl. So of your first six games, you've got five of them at home. That's really rare. And that's why, like, I, I'm pretty high on UCLA this year. I expect, I mean, they've got to at least be an eight-win team with, with this schedule, if not nine. Or uh, I, I'm predicting them to go ten, but if they go nine, I won't see that as a major letdown. But this is about as favorable of a conference slate as you can have in addition to the week non-conference slate that they've got. So they should be 4-0. They come back home the next week on what I believe will be a Friday, Pac-12 after dark. You never know. Stuff gets crazy. Nobody's watching, but stuff gets crazy. Uh, they play Washington. And I like UCLA here again, not just because they're at home, but they've got a better roster whereas Washington is in a more of a rebuild phase. Chip Kelly's in his fifth year as a head coach. Kalen DeBoer is in his first at the Power 5 level. Dorian Thompson-Robinson is in his fifth year as a starting quarterback. Washington might have Michael Penix, might have Sam Heward starting at this point, might have Dylan Morris. I mean, we don't really know, but nevertheless, you'll have more continuity on UCLA's offense here than you will have with, with Washington. Penix also, unfortunately, has a major injury history. And I'm not predicting that or obviously I'm not rooting for that, but that's a very realistic scenario where he might be hurt by that time. Like he just has struggled to stay on the field throughout his career. He can do some nice things when he gets on the field. He had that, uh, that upset win for Indiana over Penn state in the COVID year when he was reaching the ball out and he made it, but just like that much right there. Um, so I, I, I'm not very high in Washington this year. I think they're over under win total, which I think is seven and a half when I get to them here uh, in, in the coming episodes of the show. I'm definitely going to have them being under their win total of seven and a half, but I think UCLA will go over eight and a half. Um, I, I like the Bruins there. I think they'll beat Washington, and then you could be looking at a five and O UCLA team at home again, off of a buy against Utah. I think that's an entirely plausible scenario, and that'd be a big game in the Pac-12 this year. Now, I would feel more confident about picking the Bruins in this game if they had a home field advantage like what Utah has, or what Washington can have, or what Oregon has, or even what they uh, can put together up there in, Palouse, uh, in the Palouse at Washington State. But one advantage that that Utah is going to have going into a lot of games this year is an experienced quarterback, and you look at Cam Rising, you say reigning first-team All Pac-12 performer. I've got him as the second-best quarterback in the conference going into this season, behind USC's Caleb Williams. I think he does a lot of things well, makes smart decisions, does a lot of really good things, and I know what I'm going to get from him. Other teams have more question marks of quarterback, right? Oregon State is asking, can Chance Nolan take a step forward? Oregon's wondering, what are they going to get from Bo Nix? Washington's wondering, who's going to be playing quarterback? Washington State, can Cam Ward make the adjustment? A lot of question marks there. But you never have a question about Cam Rising. You know exactly what he's going to do. UCLA, though, can kind of counter that advantage that the Utes often are going to have this year because they've got a fifth-year starter in Dorian Thompson-Robinson. And I think the Bruins are going to squeak this one out and finally get a win over Utah. If this were in Salt Lake City, I will not pick against Utah at home. It's just that crowd is awesome, and I think the Utes will be really good this year. I'm going to do them a a little bit later in the week in terms of their season preview. Um, But I think the Bruins are going to be able to squeak this one out. I think it's a tight game, and I know that DTR is more prone still at this point in his career to commit a turnover late in the game than Cam Rising is, but he's also a little bit more explosive Than rising at this point as well. And uh, last year, I'm sure some of you remember like, well, UCLA lost by 20 last year. DTR wasn't available. Now he's playing in this game. It's his final year of college football. I think he will feel in this game what he was feeling going into USC last year, which is this is the opportunity to beat this team. This is, and Utah is going to be very good, but UCLA's got him at home. They've got him coming off of a bye. And I think they could be rolling coming into it. And some of you may think I'm crazy, which a handful of you think anyway, but that's all right. Uh, I'm I'm really not very bothered by it. But uh, if you think I'm crazy for saying USC or sorry that UCLA will beat Utah here, I just want to ask you this question: Going into last year, off of a losing season, after three straight losing seasons, how many of you picked UCLA to beat number 16 LSU? How many? That's all I'm going to say. If you think of like, oh, no, they won't beat Utah. Well, someone's going to beat Utah. I don't think the Utes are going 12-0 this year. I think, I don't think anybody's going 12-0. Hardly anybody does in college football. Everybody's got to lose at some point. I think UCLA gets that one done. Uh, the next week, uh, they have two buys. Oh, I'm sorry. That's not off a of buy. I'm sorry. I don't know how to read dates very well. The Washington game is September 30th. That game is uh, October 8th. So it's not so it's not off a buy. I apologize for that. Uh, I'm glad I caught it, though, before people. Well, someone might have hopped on YouTube comments. But anyway, so uh, not off a buy. But still, I like UCLA there at home. I would like them more if they were off a buy. I would like them more if they had a better home field advantage. But I think you'll start to get a decent number of fans of those seats if UCLA, even against a weak schedule, can come out and do what I expect them to, and that's be 5-0. I think they win that game against Utah. They're 6-0 and well inside the top 20 nationally. Then they have a bye, and then they come on the road at Oregon. Now, Oregon has a new first-time head coach in Dan Lanning. He's also got a first-time, full-time play caller as his OC in Kenny Dillingham. And then uh, Junior Adams' wide receiver coach is going to be the co-offensive coordinator. And Bo Nix, question mark, right? Like, we think we know what he can do. Maybe he'll come closer to hit his ceiling, but do we know that? Not really. I think there are a number of factors, and if you picked UCLA to win this game, I wouldn't think it's totally crazy. But the fact that this is at Autzen, I think the only team that will beat Oregon at Autzen Stadium this year will be Utah. Uh, I do not think UCLA gets it done. I think this is their first loss. They remain in the top 25 uh, by lieu of, you know, all the wins I I think they will have had before this. And I think they fall to six and one here. Then they come back home the next week. They're against Stanford. Um, I, I think that Stanford's big advantage in a game when Stanford football is at their best is they're more physical and they control the line of scrimmage and they win at the point of attack and they control the clock as well. UCLA is a more explosive offensive team. Uh, their tight end was just named to the, uh, as I'm recording this a couple weeks before you're listening to it, but uh, their tight end is on the preseason award watch list for the uh, I think Ezekie is, is his name. I might be pronouncing that wrong. Um to a, an awards watch list. Um, I want to look up his name one sec. Uh, Michael Ezeke. Yeah. He's on the John Mackey award watch list. I think it's Ezeke. Hope it is, but he's there. You bring in Jake Bobo from Duke. You got Zach Charbonnet, Dorian Thompson, Robinson, uh, Kaz Allen as well. That guy is lightning in a bottle. So UCLA has got more weapons here. And I I think that at home, their offense is going to be too explosive and, and they're able to neutralize in a sense, at least based on what we saw from them last year, Stanford's advantage with with how UCLA's offensive line is capable of controlling the line of scrimmage. Um, people think of Chip Kelly and going fast and scoring a bunch of points, but this UCLA running attack is, is very physical. They, they want to punch you in the mouth a little bit. Charbonnet does that. Um, I think Stanford has a little bit of a bounce back here, but I don't think they beat UCLA. I think the Bruins are sitting here at seven and one. Uh, if you ever wanted to bet all of these games, where would you go? Where'd you go? I mean, there are so many options out there, but there's only one that you should go to, and that's bet online. the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. They're providing these over-under lines, UCLA at 8.5. I'd take them over this year, given their schedule. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball. Go Mariners. Hopefully, by the time you listen to this, they're still the hottest team in the league. But as I record this right now, they are, and it's glorious. They've got the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, even golf, my personal favorite. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action that is happening. BetOnline is where the game starts. Okay, let's finish out UCLA's schedule. They go at Arizona State on November 5th. And they're coming into this game, I think they'll be 7-1. And, and after Arizona State, they've got Arizona the next week. Upsets happen every year. We know that. And yet, when someone like me, hosting a show, predicts an upset, I'm sure I'll get plenty of pushback. Oh, that's not going to happen. Well, they happen at some point. I think one of the Arizona schools is going to pull off an upset of UCLA. I do. Arizona is at home, so it seems less likely. But maybe let's not sleep on the Wildcats making somewhat of a jump, though I think they're a year or two away from where they want to be. But Jed Fish has a moving in the right direction. I think that game, November 5th, at Arizona State, I think that's where UCLA stumbles. Crazy things have happened in the desert in this conference for a long time. A, a long, long time. And though I don't love Arizona State this year, they have added a lot of transfers to make up for the players who left the program, at least somewhat, but they beat UCLA in L.A. last year. So Herm Edwards has got a formula for beating the Bruins with Chip Kelly as the head coach. They've also got a quarterback coming in and Emery Jones, who's got power five experience in the SEC. He wasn't amazingly successful, but it's hard for me to sit here and say right now that I can predict he'd be incompetent or not at the very least solid, right? And so... ASU at home, I don't think they're going to have a great season. I, I really don't. But last year, Oregon beat Stanford. The Cardinal went 3-9, and nine, and the Ducks, in the regular season, went 10-2. and two. And one of their losses was to a 3-9 and nine Stanford team. I think this is where UCLA gets tripped up. And I wouldn't be surprised if they beat ASU and then lose to Arizona somehow because every team's got letdowns out there. And though I like UCLA, I don't you know, love them as much as the end of season rec- record here I'm predicting is going to indicate. So I think they lose to one of them. I'll take Arizona State here. Um, but don't don't sleep on the Wildcats there on, uh, on on pulling that one off. So after November 12th, with two games left in the regular season, I think UCLA eight and two, two games left on the schedule. Another one at home, another big game at home. I mentioned this when I started today's show. Notice how many times they're at home, and notice how many times they're playing important teams at home. The only, I mean the only, really difficult road game that UCLA has this year is going at Oregon. That's the toughest place they're going to play. At Colorado, there's a tougher place to try to win a college football game. Last week of the regular season, they go at Cal. Probably going to be a mediocre to below average team this year, and not an amazing home field advantage. At Arizona State, that can be wild. ASU fans can get rowdy. Sun Devils can be sneaky good. They've pulled upsets of uh, of teams in the Pac-12 before. And they beat UCLA last year, even though the Bruins, I think, were the better overall team. And though I can also foresee uh, ASU going like 3-9, and nine, that could be one of their wins. I, I really, really think that that, uh, that that could be the spot. We'll see how that plays out. But November 19th, the game that everybody's circling... Because now it's Lincoln Riley. It's not, who was the head coach? Uh, Williams. Dante Williams, I think, was the interim head coach last year. And USC scored a bunch of points. But UCLA punched him in the mouth. 62-33 to 33 at the Coliseum. Now, is USC better than last year? Yes, of course. They've added a bunch of talent in the transfer portal. They've got a smarter head coach running the show. Defensively, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how much they're able to, to improve from last year. But even with good coaches, rebuilds tend to take more than a year. Maybe that'll be slightly accelerated with the transfer portal. But I think USC, as I said yesterday, is going to go 9-3. and three. I think they're going to lose this game. And UCLA is going to show up ready to rock and roll. And they will have a, an opportunity here to beat their crosstown rival, who has been the superior program for basically all time. When you're talking about those two football programs, I think UCLA has a chance here. And I think DTR, like he did last year, is going to play with a little bit of an edge and some swagger and some moxie. And I think he's going to help UCLA pull it off. So I think they win that game, go to nine and two. And then the next week they're at Cal. I like the Bruins here. Cal's home field advantage. Might be fully deteriorated and virtually non existent if their regular season doesn't yield sparkling results because they can also tend to lack flash and be a, a, a tough watch for a casual fan because they're defensively oriented and they like grinded out affairs and, and whatnot. But I think UCLA goes on the road and wins that game for just their fourth road game of the year. I think they go three and one on the road or three and two. Sorry, three. I think they lose a couple games on the road, but I I don't see them losing a home game. And look, will I be shocked if they lose to Utah and or USC, frankly? No, because those are going to be good to great teams. I think USC will be good. I think Utah could be pretty close to great this year, but I like UCLA. They have a lot of things going for them. And at some point, you gotta be able to make that leap. I think UCLA could do that this year. So overall record prediction, I've got them tying for first with Utah in the Pac 12 South at 10 and 2, 7 and 2 in conference play with losses to ASU and Oregon, but wins over USC and Utah. But if you just were talking in the abstract, like this is a very schedule based prediction in terms of their record, because I do like UCLA, but I have questions about their defense too. Now they have a new defensive coordinator who comes from the NFL, and they needed to replace him, the previous guy, like two years ago, but they didn't. They have now. Maybe that'll help. But still, there are question marks defensively. You lose Mitchell Agude, who was your best pass rusher from a season ago. That's certainly not going to be an easy thing to replace. They added uh, a couple of transfer twins from North Texas, but Again, that all you know somewhat remains to be seen there. But if you were talking in the abstract, and I said you know what sort of what sort of caliber team is UCLA this year, I'd say eh, eight, maybe nine wins. But I'm predicting them here at ten because of their schedule. It it is very schedule based. Because if I didn't know who they were playing, and I thought it was going to be a standard you know tougher schedule or standard schedule, like this is a really really favorable schedule for the Bruins this year. If I didn't know that they had that, I'd say eh, they probably max out at nine wins, but they probably win eight, and I could maybe see seven happening. But you play those first three schools Bowling Green, Alabama State, South Alabama, and then you get USC and Utah at home, and your only four road games are Colorado, ASU, Cal, and Oregon. That's only going to be one ranked team on the road. You only have to play one ranked road team this year. That's a big time edge for UCLA. Um, I wouldn't be super surprised because, like, I'm making this prediction. I'm going to stand by it, but I think it's fair to add context of: Will I be surprised if they come out and, you know, have another eight and four campaign? No. I mean, you only win one of USC and Utah, and then drop another game. They shouldn't. We've seen letdowns from from Chip Kelly's UCLA Bruins. In uh, in the past couple of years, right? Most notably Fresno State a season ago, but maybe the new DC will be able to change that. But if you're if you're Bruins or you're a fan of UCLA, you have to expect at least eight wins with that schedule this year. That has to be at least eight, right? In the abstract, I'd say ah, if you win seven, it's not totally terrible. You win seven games on that schedule. Don't know if I want to go as far to say it's a fireable offense because you'd still be above 500 which for UCLA is not something they can say they've consistently been able to do recently. But you got to win at least eight games. You're Chip Kelly. You're getting paid a a decent amount to go there. You chose UCLA over going to take the head coaching gig at Florida. You have got to win at least eight games there. And and if they win nine, then I I think that'd be a really good year as well. Um, But it'd be bad if uh, if if they dropped below eight wins in 2022. Schedules matter. That's why we break them down. We will keep them rolling this week. I appreciate everyone listening. See you next time and have a wonderful rest of your day.